And he'll be on at 7 o'clock. But right now, we've got a few things to go over. 719-1490. Something was brought to my attention this week that I'd been listening to and paying a little bit of attention to. But, I mean, you know, it's kind of like with everything else that's going on. You really don't have a lot of time to think about catalytic converters. Uh, catalytic converter is part of your emission system. That's what converts the raw gases and stuff into nothing and shoots it out the tailpipe. And so it's really, really clean. And But there's been a little uptick in the problems that we have with uh, catalytic converters. One, it, it seems like that the crooks are uh, decided that this is a good place to go right now. What happened, the reason there's a shortage in the chemicals that they use for catalytic converters, it turned out to be COVID-19. They shut down the mines where this stuff was actually mined. So they're short on the chemicals that actually produces a catalytic converter. Uh, Last year, uh, well, in 2021, 2020, uh, let's see what I've got here in my little research. 14,433 cats were stolen, catalytic converters were stolen. And then uh, Tucson TPD had 200 cats stolen through June of this year, 21. And Pima County had 140 reported stolen. Well, with talking to garages and stuff, I think, you know, there's about three garages replaced all of these, or the numbers are skewed a little bit. I think it's a little higher than that. Um, I did reach out, and Jim from Frontier Towing gave me the name of a lady. They call her the Cat Lady that uh, it works for a large corporation. And I, I talked to her yesterday, or day before yesterday, and I'm going to have her on this program probably within the next two two to three weeks, if the major corporation approves her coming on to a live talk show and discussing catalytic converters. It is fascinating how many good catalytic converters are out there and how many weaker catalytic converters are. Um, the, they're, the, the reason they're still in them is, one, because it can and two, uh, I've heard people blame it on COVID-19. They said, well, the economy is so bad that the people uh, are just out still. No, they're crooks. People, they're crooks. Crooks steal. That's what they do. So when you buy into all this crap about, oh, it's a COVID-19's fault, that's bull crap. They're crooks. And the money is quick. The money is easy. The average time to steal A catalytic converter is under two minutes. You can take a catalytic converter out of a F-150 and probably about less than a minute and a half. The F-150 Ford, the F-250 Ford, the replacement cat on that is $2,500 up to $2,700, depending on where you buy it at. The only other one that really got my attention was a 2018 Dodge their cats run $3,700. So, and the late model cars are the ones that they're after. It's in like Toyota's on the hit list to start with. Uh, the stage two Prius 
has two catalytic converters, and it's a hybrid. Well, the hybrids don't use as much of the chemicals up converting things because it runs on part electric. So people, that is the number one, is the Prius uh, car. And the number one state for that, and we'll get into that later, and I'll tell you who's where all the stuff is actually going down. But here recently, I guess there was a northwest side scrap metal place in Tucson uh, that lost about 90 catalytic converters. Uh, they were actually seized. Some of the places that are being hit hard is like universities, uh, uh, city, uh, county vehicles, because mostly they're late model. And the cats are still fairly new. They don't have the 100,000 miles on them and worn out catalytic converters. So this this is money. But if you can go in in 30 seconds and take a catalytic converter and turn it in for $300, $400, $500, that's pretty good work for a 30-second job. Uh, I'm, I'm having to skim my notes because there's so much stuff on here. Uh, Hybrids, of course, are the ones that the uh, catalytic converter burn up the quickest because of the engine working part-time. New cars, because they're still brand new, and that's where you want to go with them, and they're easy. F-150 Fords and F-250 Fords is a prime target because, one, you don't have to jack them up. You know, catalytic converter is located on the bottom of the car. And some of these cars, you look at them like your Mustangs and your Camaros and your, your Dodge Chargers. If you look at those things, you go, how in the world do you get under to even take a Sawzall, a reciprocating saw, and cut these things off? Well, you have to jack them up, and that takes time. That's a reason that it's an average of two minutes, and but about three, I would say probably three minutes, is going to be a long end of that, even with jacking them up. I mean, NASCAR can change four tires and put you back out on the road in, what, 13 seconds? And they know how to do it. The professional thieves out there that are taking these catalytic converters have pretty much figured out how to get a little car off the ground and and cut the cats out of them and then set it back down on the ground and go on with business. Now, the good news of that Checking with Emily over at State Farm, and if Emily's out, if she's up this early this morning and she wants to call me on this, uh, we can go over some of the insurance stuff that she knows about replacing catalytic converters. Uh, who's stealing cats? Cats, used cats run 100 to $300. Replacement is 300 to 3700 plus. The, by the way, the Dodge did not have the most expensive ones. That's for new foreign cars coming from overseas. Uh, there's no VIN number on a catalytic converter. A guy told me, says, well, says, you know, uh, they've got numbers on catalytic converters. They've got part numbers on catalytic converters. It'll tell you the part number will back into the model car that you have or the model car that that cat uh, converter actually fits on. But it doesn't tie it to the car. There's no VIN number on the catalytic converter. So you can have a theft. You call it in. Well, keep in mind, the police department and sheriff's department have other things to do besides track down catalytic converter, your catalytic converter. 
because one, there's no physical damage done to a person, and the person always takes priority on a uh, cop call. So there's no priority on this one because it's just a catalytic converter. The cops know, the, uh, the law enforcement knows that you have insurance on your car. The insurance will cover a cat converter. And I did verify this with Emily at State Farm, and she said, yes, they will. However, you're down, you're downtime. The catalytic converters now are extremely expensive, and they're getting harder to come by because the lack of the chemicals to make these things. So we're looking for a shortage to uh, eventually show up pretty heavy and a catalytic converter. Now, for the, one of you, the ones of you that haven't had the privilege of actually taking a car in and having it repaired that has uh, significant repair needs, or taking it to a body shop like Spectre Minor Road Auto Collision and having body work done on it, you probably don't realize that there is a parts shortage. Their parts are hard to get. I was watching the news this morning. I found out that stuff that we used to get in 7 to 10 days is coming in in 70 days from overseas. That is a long stretch. Now, it is the news, and how true it is, I don't know. But that still is just information that's available. If you have a cat converter on a car and you take it over to like Parker, uh, over at 5101 East Speedway, Parker Automotive Service Center, good place over there. And if you take a car in that's lost a catalytic converter or you still got a catalytic converter on your car and you say, Oh, well, I think I'd like to make it a little more difficult. Uh, for the people, if they steal my catalytic converter and take it in and sell it to a uh, salvage yard or something, that I'd like to have it back or at least have a way to track it so that we'll know who, who actually sold this catalytic converter. Remember the copper crisis that we had here a few years ago where people were stealing copper from everything, construction sites, out of your house? You'd have a house being built, and somebody would come in and rip off the copper before they could even finish the construction. And then they put in this little law, or they put in a, I don't know what it was. All I know is if you took a, a roll of copper down to a salvage place, they wanted your name, they wanted your phone number, they wanted your address, and you had to show ID in order to sell this copper to them because that was a way to control it. Now, did it work? Don't know. Haven't heard any more about it since then. I guess it worked. You know, at least it woke some people up. But that's what they're going to wind up doing with the catalytic converters. The catalytic converter right now is not, it has a number on the catalytic converter. As I said, it only tells you what model of a vehicle it fits. Now, when we get into which cars are hit the worst, um, we're, we're talking, number one is the Prius, of course. Um, number two, you get into the Honda Element, the Toyota 4Runner, the Tacoma, Honda Accord. Any late model vehicle, city, state, and newer model is a prize because it hadn't got worn out catalytic converters. 
the hard hitting states, the hard the states at rank number one, California, Texas, Washington, Minnesota, Colorado, that's the hardest hit in 2020. Upcoming, you'll appreciate this, Arizona, Connecticut, New Jersey, Florida, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Georgia. They've really had some heavy, significant spikes in 2021 compared to 2020. The cost of repair, 1000 to 3000 plus to get these things put back on. If they're available and you're going to be without your car for a little while while these people are scraping these things up. It don't take a good muffler shop long to replace these things. It depends on how it was cut off and what kind of modifications they've got to do to put it back on. They can handle it, but you're going to be down for a while while they get it handled. Uh, there were some things that people had suggested that you do. Uh, one's park in a well-lit space. Okay. Uh, that would be for night shoppers or when you're out partying or something like that and you park your car and I'm going, okay, they're still during the day. They're still at night. So parking it in a well-lit place. Well, the sunlight is about as well-lit as you can get and they're still still in them. So I don't think that that's going to be a big deterrent. Okay. And people haven't got too excited about it yet because it's really not coming out of their pocket. You know, the insurance company is going to pick up the bill on it. And so what's the big deal? I mean, you call the cops, call law enforcement. They won't show up. They say, okay, just they'll, they'll give you a, uh, a phone number to call and log your complaint of a stolen catalytic converter. And they are going to be overwhelmed with it because this is going to just get a little bit bigger. And even if the mine has started back up, that I have not verified. The mine that actually gets these three chemicals out of the ground, they're very hard to mine. And when you start off behind the eight balls, which they are now because they were shut down because of COVID-19, uh, it's going to take a while before they ever get caught up again. So keep this in mind, and it's a it's a big inconvenience. It's still a theft of something from your car. It's just like when they used to, you leave your car doors open, somebody goes in and says, oh, I'm going to take your stereo, and they rip out your stereo, or I'm going to you, I'm going to just vandalize your car. I'm going to pull your tires off. You know, have you ever rode around town and seen a car parked on the side of the road that was up on cinder blocks with no tires? People take the tires and wheels. Don't drop your guard on this stuff. Tires and wheels anymore. My Lord, those things run up to $400, $450, for a tire and wheel sitting on your car. So you take four of them off, you lose a few hundred dollars. And still, there's no bodily damage done to a human. So that's going to go on the bottom of the list for things that police officers have to do. They'll say, okay, well, we don't have any murders or any uh, uh, armed robberies or anything like that. And by the way, keep in mind that there's not as many police or law enforcement officers on the road as what they used to be a few years ago. So you're going to have a little bit of lack of time. So all of this plays together. A thief is a thief. I don't care what you try to blame it on. A thief is a thief. 
and that's the way it is, and that's the way it's always been. I mean, I don't, I don't see any difference. You know, they were still in catalytic. They've been still in catalytic converters for years. Um, and then you have the legitimate places that uh, that pulls off catalytic converters, like the ones that had a crash. So they're in a salvage yard. The car has been uh, with a salvage title now. <coughs> And they're parting these things out. That's what they do. That's what they're supposed to do. And so they've got plenty of catalytic converters that are going out anyway. But if you can take a pickup load of catalytic converters that's been stolen over the weekend, like happened over around Brian Fulter's place here about a month and a half ago, um, and you take it in, if you get the right buyer, man, that's a pretty good haul. And they know it. You know, normally a thief is looking for a shortcut to make money, and they figured it out. They figured it out. So if you have a catalytic converter and you're trying to protect it, well, like I said a little bit, alluded to a little bit earlier, there is, I think, nine places that I've seen when I was Googling it to see what they're coming up with now for these shields. And they have just about every kind of design that you can do. I mean, they make your hair hurt because, one, if you're not a a metal fabricator, you're going to have a problem fabricating your own. Some of them have already made them for different cars. (coughs) Excuse me. And you can go online and get a hold of them. Uh, I see a lot of people say, well, you weld on these cars. If you're not a welder and you don't understand how that works on these electronic cars, I highly suggest that you get a professional welder, somebody that knows what kind of effect that spike in the energy to that frame and that electrical system before you start doing welding on a car or a truck. If you've got a truck, you know, a Ford F-150, heads up. You've got a Dodge 1500, a Chevy 15, I don't care what it is, late model, those catalytic converters are worth some money right now. Are they ever going to go away as far as stealing them? No. Uh, can you, can it be deterred? Yeah, probably. I guess you could probably park it inside your living room at your house and close the door and put you a 900 pound German shepherd on the hind end of it and, or a pit bull or something like that. But it's not going to go away. I don't, I don't see going grocery shopping, going to a shopping, uh, to a, uh, uh, you know, just going grocery shopping at a shopping center. And you have your vehicle out there. Well, if you parked on the outskirts around the corner uh, where it's out of sight, uh, that lessens the uh, liability of the person still them getting caught. But you got to be pretty quick because the average call on a on a car wreck is what about ten minutes before you can get anybody there. Well, you look at a catalytic converter, so these guys know they have a time frame that they can work under. And so they'll go in and zip, 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 and they'll hit two or three cars at the same time. Over at Brian's place, I think they hit about eight cars in one Saturday evening, Saturday night. They just went in and started cleaning house. And they're running around. They know what they're doing. It's big back east. When I was back east, I was talking to people about stolen cats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just that was normal. Oh, uh, what, what, what's the question? Yeah, are you replacing catalytic converters because somebody stole them? Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, you know, we're passing out free water. Go ahead and help yourself. But 
anyway, that's that's the story on the catalytic converter, and that is the condensed version. Hopefully, I'll be able to get a hold of the young lady that I talked to Friday, and she will call me. She's she's working in a an emergency type thing now with one of her relatives that's uh, in hospice, so I understand that. And she's going to call me when that clears away, and uh, then we will go ahead and bring her on, and you can ask her any question you want. The information that she gave me was mind-boggling. I mean, that lady had done forgotten more about catalytic converters and the different ones, the ones that's worth more money, uh, the ones that's not worth that much. Uh, and I'll tell you what uh, she did say. She said, these replacement catalytic converters that you get when you go to a muffler shop, the cheapy ones, as we call them, and they're, they're primarily on older vehicles. And when you go into that, they're not worth any money. I mean, they just, they you know, $10 or something like that. So they're not even worth stealing. But you people that are driving these late model cars, especially the trucks, pickup trucks, the things that's high off the ground, uh, the ones that people can go in and get, or it's worth the extra uh, one minute to get them off, like your Toyota system. Evidently, Toyota and Honda is is if you can get one of those catalytic converters, that is like, oh boy, this is the best I can do on this, and with no uh, particular way to track this thing down once they're stolen, uh, it's kind of hard, you know, so law enforcement can only do so much without having a number and a proof to say, okay, this come off of Jerry's Dodge or this come off of Jerry's F-150. Uh, so you can, you can scribe the VIN number on the catalytic converter, but try to scribe it in a place where they can't cut it off. And that is not going to be an easy type thing to do. You probably have to take it, especially on the cars, you have to get it up in the air. You have to take your little engraving tool, go under there. Most of them are electric. And you, then you engrave the number on it, lay it on your back on a creeper or up in the air on a on a hoist. So there is ways that you can um, ID them. But as far as a thief, even the articles that I've checked, so a professional thief is going to get your catalytic converter, and there's nothing you can do about it. They will absolutely get it, unless you park it in your living room and lock the doors to your house and yada, yada, yada. So there's the depressing news and the depressing inconvenience of having your catalytic converter stolen. So, And I will have more on the catalytic converters as soon as I get my source lined up and get her in. Now... We were. I was. Say, I was looking at the weather this morning. I said, "Oh boy, here we go again." I don't know how many of you has got weeds around your house that's about a foot and a half high, or maybe two foot by now. But on my property, I put down 15 gallons of weed killer, and I can walk out and tell you exactly where I put the weed killer, because everything. And now I got five acres, and two and a half of it's developed. And when I go out and I look at this, I just want to throw up. It's almost overwhelming because the grass is growing faster than the weed killer can take it out. And the pre-emergence, I put down some pre-emergence till I run out of it, and that seemed to work pretty well. But I run out of it. 
And so now I've got to go get some more pre-emergence, and the pre-emergence will work on the new stuff and keep it for, from seeding down in the ground, but it won't kill the weeds on top. So you got a double whammy. Got to kill the weeds, then spray all this stuff on it. That'll cover the outside of where you didn't hit with a weed killer. I'm going, Lord, Lord, Lord. Now I know why uh, landscaping companies are so stinking busy right now. That, in fact, they can't get employees employees to work. And by the way, Simmons still has three, one, two, three, three openings at Simmons 4 before. I'm looking for a welder to work in a machine shop. We will train you, if you don't know how to weld, to work in the drive shaft division. We will teach you. And then we're looking for... Uh, two technicians out in the garage, actually two minimum C-techs. A C-tech is a person that knows which end of the car goes on the ground, the other one goes up on top and has limited, like home training that the guys used to get when, you know, they used to help their dads work on the cars. Something in that area, we can train you. I do have a master technician that is retiring June of 2022, and he told us, this is my retirement date. You get me a couple of people in here that I can train, and then the effects of me leaving won't be so drastic. So I do have three openings immediate down at Simmons 4 before. We're open Monday through Friday, 7 to 5. Walk in, 3743 South Country Club, northeast corner Ajo and Country Club, Pick up an application, sit there in the office and fill it out, have a conversation with Wade, or uh, if Wade's not in or Wade's running an errand or something like that, he will get back to you as soon as he sees your application, and then y'all can sit down and talk. We're only open five days a week, so it's not like you don't have your weekends off, and we're open from 7 to 5, but that's a split shift. We have some guys coming in at 7, some guys coming in at 8, some guys leaving at 4, some guys leaving at 5. The drive shaft division is a straight eight to five, Monday through Friday. And we've been there only 30, 40, oh my gosh, I've been there 46 years. So I'm not going anywhere. Um, and we do have the uh, package, you know, the employee package with the benefits and stuff. And uh, hope to see you. Need some help. Anybody knows anybody that's uh, looking for a job? Um, good luck, because I haven't found them yet. But, uh, yes, we we do have openings now, and we have had. And we're getting into the uh, need to unskilled. You can have a skill trade if you had welding in high school or automotive in high school. We want to talk to you. At Simmons 4 before and Automotive Service Center, and we will be more than happy to talk to you because we can probably train you to the level that you need to be. Uh, compensation is based on experience, and, you know, we can rock and roll from there. But that's Simmons 4 before Automotive Service Center. And <coughs> you can find us at SimmonsAutorepair.com. That's a website. All right, now let's get back to the wet weather. 719-1490, if you'd like to join me down here on these stories with the catalytic converters, or have you even had a catalytic converter stolen? And what was the circumstances behind it? You know, where was it? You know, 
put this information out to the rest of us so that, you know, maybe the information that you put out on the airways will actually help someone not have a catalytic converter stolen or not have his car stolen because it's still alive and well in Tucson, Arizona, as, as, as it is around the rest of the country. So 719-1490, give me a call. Let's talk. Um, the wet weather. Now, wet weather, when you think of wet weather in a car, first thing you think of is, wow, is wet. Actually, first thing I think of is, oh, free car wash. <laughs> it doesn't always work like that. You know, I've burned a quarter of a tank of gas chasing thunderstorms in Tucson trying to get a free car wash just to see, just because I can and just because I wanted to see if I could actually do it. And one out of about eight times, I, I didn't quite make it. But that's the first thing I think of. The second thing is, do my wiper blades work? I turned my wiper blades on the other day. They're six months old. They went across the windshield with a brrr, brrr, and I'm going, now this is not right because, you know, I, I try to turn the windshield wipers on every now and then just to keep the water, the uh, windshield wiper fluid on it because it has a UV protection. Uh, the thing you don't want to do is turn your windshield wipers on when you don't have the washer on. The water has to hit the windshield and then you turn it on. If you're going to wipe off your windshield and you don't have a uh, your washer container full for the spray-on wash coming out of the liquid coming out of the windshield wiper system, then you need to take a garden hose and wash the window down and get the dust off of it. That's the same problem that you have with the uh, covers on the headlights. I, I couldn't figure out why some people had their covers on the their cars were just baked and that white chalk on them. I found out that if you go into a car wash and they don't wash off the headlights first with the water or spray and get the dust off of it, when it goes through the car wash, those big uh, uh, wipers that hang down from the roof in the car wash and, wa and go back and forth, what they do is they get on that dirt the dust and stuff that's on the headlights, and then they actually cut the sealant off of the uh, headlight covers. And in case you haven't had the privilege of replacing those lately, they are expensive. I replaced them on my 06 Dodge. They cost me $500 a piece for the headlight assemblies up front. And I thought, well, that's kind of expensive. And... But you look at the rest of the cars that you have that you drive, and you've got this problem. If you live in Arizona, you'll eventually get it. Uh, it's not uh, it's not your old headlight covers. <laughs> These things, you one, it's almost impossible to buy a headlight cover. You buy the headlight assembly, and the whole assembly is what costs us thinking much money. So. Anyway, that, that's it on the headlights. So wash your headlights, uh, and we're, let's go back to the rain. You gotta have some wiper blades. The other thing's gonna be affecting it, and I'm sure you've started to recognize it now, is the inside cabin air filter smells a little musky. And you're going, well, it must be water in the floorboard. Hope not. It's not supposed to be, unless you left a window down, but the window, 
if it rains inside your window, it don't really leave that musty smell unless you don't give it a chance to dry out. With the the head the uh, end cabin air filter, it collects stuff from the outside. Its job is outside and inside is to filter the air inside the cabin, get rid of the allergies, get rid of the bugs, uh, the bird feathers, uh, the tree leaves, and all of this stuff that accrue on the air filter itself. So what I recommend, if you haven't done it, in this weather, I try to do mine at six-month intervals just because we've had excessive amount of rain and I still drive in the rain. And I know that the mud and the dirt and stuff is is coming up. It comes up in a liquid form, and it dries. Uh, and then you've got the dirt and the pollen and everything else is so prevalent right now at this time of the year, especially with the way the weeds have grown. So I just go down to Merle's, get you a good Wix filter, and uh, be done. Put it in. It's, it's cheap. Uh, but it'll protect your HIVAC system, your uh, air conditioning and heating system also. It, it's just like changing the filters in your, oh, and by the way, change the filters in your house once a month. And if you'll do that on your air conditioning, in the car, in the house, then the life of your air conditioning unit will be a lot better. I've got one air conditioner on my house that's 21 years old and still working perfect. Of course, I have twin air conditioners, but... I used one, and it finally went out because it uh, they got a leak on the compressor. And the other one, though, is 21 years old and working perfect. But I keep it serviced. I keep the filters changed in the house. The house is more comfortable. It smells better. So that's, that's, that's the deal on the cabin air filter or any filters you have in your car. Don't forget your air filter in your car. And for the ones of you that are not paying attention, you have these little turbos on your car and you like to hit these mud holes that run, <laughs> that's running on the side of the road or across the road. Uh, when that pickup tube, the pickup throat of the turbo picks that water up, it sucks it in. It's got to come through the air filter first. And it'll come in and with enough water and enough mud, it can bypass your air filter. It'll overwhelm the air filter. You'll suck it right into your motor. You do not want to do this because it will hydrolock the engine if you're unlucky. Water does not compress. It stops crap, and it will absolutely blow your engine. It'll break the rods in the bottom of it. It'll jam everything up, and it just quit working, and that's when you go to buy engine. Is that covered under warranty? Nope. reason it's not covered under warranty is because... Uh, they can't cover everything. Uh, when you drive through, knowingly drive through a water or you, you are flying down the side of the road and it's not a perfect weather condition and you run through and you blow your motor up and say, oh, well, it's under warranty. Nope. I don't think so because the uh, manufacturers and wherever you had your last engine put in is going to look at that thing and say, it's full of water. It's full of water. It doesn't compress, and it don't get out unless it makes its own exit, which I've seen that. So just be careful when you're running through the water, and remember, and it doesn't have to be just a turbo engine. In fact, most of the ones that I've seen were not turbo engines, and you so you get into that jam where you just blow them up 
You go through the water, the water flushes up, comes up on the inside at 40 miles an hour, and it goes inside your air cleaner, and it goes down through the carburetor, through the intake, into the top of the pistons. Everything shuts down, and it don't want to work anymore because it blew it up. So be careful what you're doing with a regular, normally aspirated engine. Um, change the air filters. Change them. You know, uh, like I said, right now I'm changing my fit cabin air filter every six months. Uh, I'm changing my air filter. Well, one time it was three months. The other time it was almost seven months to keep that fresh air going in there and not starving these uh, vehicles. Uh, for you diesel owners out there, don't forget to change that air filter in the diesels. Diesels run on compression and airflow. You take that airflow away and it's more drastic than it is on a car. You start losing power down to almost nothing. So, you know, just, just keep the air filters. Filtration and oil changes on diesel is super critical. Uh, air filters on a car and oil changes on a car are super critical. It's the least expensive thing you can probably do to protect your car, and yet people forget to do it. Out of sight, out of mind. 719-1490. 719-1490. Um, now, let's go back to the driving on these wet roads. Uh, we've had a little experience now over the last month or so driving on wet roads. Uh, keep your distance. Give yourself just a little bit further distance on the car in front of you in case something happens and somebody slam, a coyote runs across the road and somebody in front of you decides to, I'm not hitting that coyote, and they jam on the brakes and you're running about a second and a half behind them. You are not going to stop that car. You're going to hit that guy right in the rear end. Three seconds. Three seconds is a rule. If you're driving down the road and a guy passes a sign, you go 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, you should be passing that sign. If you go 1,001 and you're already passing that sign, buddy, you are too close. You're too close. The other thing that I've noticed, and I don't know if it's caused by the weather or what, watch with all the lights out on these cars now, late models, earlier models, turn signal lights are out, brake lights are out, headlights are out. You know, you come down the road and you see this one-eyed thing coming at you. You don't know if it's a motorcycle or a car. And you get up and, wow, it's a, a 2018. And you go, wow, that's a little premature. Yeah, it is, but, you know, it, there's a lot of things that cause it. But you need to check your lights because lights is the communication that you're going to use. When it's raining hard, what do you do? You turn on your lights to give yourself better uh, communication with the other driver out there on the road. Check your lights. You do not have to take it to a shop to check the lights. You may have to take it to a shop to have the light bulbs changed, but you do not have to take it to a shop to inspect your own lights. It's too easy to do. So if you'll do that, it'll probably keep you on the road a little better. And wiper blades in Arizona is out of sight, out of mind. I mean, you lay right in front of your face all the time, but they don't move, so you don't see them. Take them in and get these, get your wiper blades changed. You know, take the wiper blade, reach out and peel it off of the windshield. Take a look at the end of the wiper blades that make contact with the windshield and see if there's a little teeny weeny tear on the bottom of the uh, wiper blade that hooks to the housing, the arm of the wiper blade. 
If you've got a little tear there, it's getting ready to unload. If you pick it up and it's got a curve in it or it's got ruffles in it, like it's, okay, well, it's been overheated and it's distorted the wiper blade. You're not seeing things. It is not right. If you go into Merrill's and you pick up a wiper blade and you look at the end of it, Look at a new one and see what they're supposed to look like when you're out, you know, picking up other things like spark plugs that nobody changes anymore. But look at the wiper blade and make sure that that thing is flat and straight because if it's flat and straight, it'll probably work. If you pick it up off the windshield and the way it come off the windshield is the way it stands, it's got a curve in it. It's already bent over and slid almost flat. That is not going to work on your windshield. You're going to hate yourself when you turn that thing on because it's not going to work. It's not going to clear the window. So, and be careful on the price of wiper blades. I noticed the last time I priced a set of wiper blades, the dead gone things were like $30 a piece. Now, so I refused to pay $30 a piece. I was right. I paid $19, $20. I paid $20 and, well, and change with taxes. Uh, for a set of wiper blades. I didn't get the cheapest ones because I held up the better built ones to the cheap ones, and I told myself, Self, I think I don't want to go in a rainstorm with these wiper blades. So step it up just a little bit on the quality of wiper blades you're going to put on there and put the darn things on. Don't forget the one in the back either because the back one, that is really out of sight, out of mind. And the back wiper blade, when it goes out, it sits there, and you probably won't even notice it's out. It sits there just, just carving that nice little semicircle with a wiper blade, metal to uh, glass, metal to glass. And now you've got another problem. So just change the blade and save yourself a, uh, save yourself a lot of headache. The other thing I want to go over with you is tires, tires on wet roads. I have tires on my diesel that are all-weather tires. I can run it in the snow. I can run it in the mud. I can run it on the wet roads. I can run it on a dry road. Tire technology has come a long way. They know that if you're running on a wet road and you're running in water on a wet road, that water needs to get out from under your tire where the tire rubber meets the road. If it don't, then when you hit the brakes, you're going to hydroplane. And if you can't, if you don't have, <coughs> if you have worn out tires on your car, they're down to the wire bars or they're a regular street tire. And then you say, oh, I can just, I can drive up this guy's exhaust pipe and be a half a second behind him because I can stop really quick. Oh, yeah? Let's say you got those trick tires on your car and they're not worn out, and you're still following too close, all of a sudden that guy in front of you stops. What about the guy behind you? Does he have worn-out tires? Does his brakes work as efficient and as good as yours do? You don't know that. That's why we drive defensive, and that's why you have to drive defensive if you plan on surviving. But if you do, check your tires. If you don't know what you're looking at at a tire, take it in and have, you know, Parker Automotive can check them. Brian Fuller can check them at Automotive Specialist. Simmons can check them at Simmons 4 before. And we can tell you if your tires are dry rotted. We can tell you if the wire bars are still there. If you have a way for the 
um, or they're just flat worn out. But you need to get that information, and that's, that'll give you a little bit more security as far as having a nice, dependable, perceived dependable vehicle to drive from here to Phoenix in case you have an emergency and you've got to run up a road. Or if you have an emergency and you said, uh-oh, I don't have any tires on the car, I can't go to Phoenix. I can't. My uncle died and I can't go to his funeral yet because I can't get up there because my tires are going to blow up on the way up. However, then you go to rent a car so you can go to Phoenix for your funeral. See what I'm getting at? See how everything just kind of domino effects? So get your tires checked. Don't wait until they blow up before you replace them. And for people towing trailers, boy, you talking that gives a new meaning to out of sight, out of mind, because you very seldom you ever look at them. They will blow up. They will dry rot setting right there in your parking lot. I've seen spare tires actually blow up on the back end of a fifth wheel. And it's not even on the ground, so it's a spare tire. But it's setting. All right. Um, <clears throat> but we've got. Um, but anyway, get your, get your tires checked before you go out on the road. Uh, Mike called in, or I talked to Mike last week of Bullhead City, and he was telling you about the problems that he sees up there with vehicles being towed in, boat trailers towing in, hitting the water with bearings in the bottom of it, RVs coming in, RV overheats, and all of this. So it is vacation time, and it's almost over. In fact, school's starting back up, so a lot of people have done finished their vacation. Hopefully everything went well for you. But then when you uh, get into the rest of it and the wet weather and you start going with the wet weather, then I highly recommend that uh, you get these things on a pre-check. And by the way, the stuff that I've told you to pre-check is you really don't need a technician to pre-check is stuff like the tires, tire pressures. Uh, walk around your car once a month. Get a tire gauge. It costs virtually nothing. In fact, a lot of uh, uh, parts houses have free tire gauges. Probably not too many of them, but you probably won't spend over about $2 for one. And learn how to do it. If you don't know how to do it, go to Parker Automotive at 5101 Speedway. Go to Brian Fuller's Place at Ina and Meredith at Automotive Specialist or go by Simmons and have them to show you how to use a tire gauge. If you're not able, physically able, to get down and check a tire with a tire gauge, have them check your tire pressures. Just have them check your tire pressure. Said, Just tell them you're concerned about the air in your tires. They will check your tires. They'll fill the doggone things up, and then you're good to go. But don't don't start making excuses. You just need to do it before it comes back and bites you in the butt. All right, we only got about 10 minutes, and I understand that my um, my buddy, well, before I get into that, Spectrum Minor Road Auto Collision, I've been talking about them on and off all the hour. 744-4454, that's the place you want to go if you need to cover a paint job or a blister where the sun's done burn it off the roof and uh, get it done, get it fixed. They're at 4425 West Ina Road. If you have a crash and you need somebody to get it uh, done, just call Frontier Towing at 748-1100, have it picked up, have it delivered over there. You need a number from your insurance company. Give that number to the crew, the staff at um, Spectrum, and then they will call your insurance company, and they will babysit this thing and take it on through to whatever it needs to be done. 
a lot of stuff going on with the industry, and so you really need to have the pros on them when you do this stuff. Merrill's Automotive, I've been talking about it. Merrill's Automotive, if you've got, if you need parts, car parts, any kind of parts, they got 11, uh, 10 locations in Tucson, and they, then they got them scattered out around uh, different parts of the state. They got them down in Sierra Vista. Uh, and then they got them in Marinci, they got them in Globe, they got them in Casa Grande, Green Valley. Uh, they got foreign, domestic, and 18-wheeler parts, maintenance parts, mostly on the 18-wheelers. But most of the stuff, except for the hard engine rebuilds, and I'm sure they can probably get that for you if you need it. But Merrill's Automotive, and you go to merrillsauto.com, and you can pick up the locations the closest to you in Tucson or wherever you're traveling around the state. All right, so I understand we have Eric checking in. Is that the Eric from uh, Mr. Packrat? Is this Eric? Yes, it is. Oh, good, good. You made it on. All right, well, we're about uh, five minutes, four minutes, six minutes, something like that. So I'm going to give you an introduction right now, so after the top of the hour, we can go ahead and get into the program. Sounds now, good. how long have you been... How, how long have you been doing this with uh, Mr. Packrat, Eric? Uh, I've been in the Tucson area since May of 18, so I've been doing this for just a little over three years now. All right, good. So do you like working with pack rats? I do. I've been working with animals for 25 years, so yeah, not a problem. <laughs> I do enjoy it. Oh, oh. So and when we get into the second hour is when we're going to get into the fun stuff. Uh, now, do you, have you seen an uptick in pack rats this year, especially since it started raining? Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's just going to get worse uh, September, October. Um, definitely going to see a big boom in the population. Uh, we're, we're already seeing it happen now, catching a lot of uh, pups, a lot of babies, juveniles. So, yeah, the more rain we have, uh, the more vegetation growth, everything's breeding more just more food available, and you're just going to see a huge increase. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Get ready, insurance company, for damages. Uh, we're going to, when we get into it after the top of the hour, a little heavier, going to be looking for, like, location, everything that you that you know about pack rats and little animals. How about these little ground squirrels? Do you deal with those little ground squirrels also? No, we don't. Um, we will trap them occasionally just by uh, accident mostly, but uh, they just, yeah. they're not as destructive as a pack rat. Uh, we have two species of ground squirrels that are pretty common around the Tucson area, and uh, we just tend to let them go. But uh, those are, those are so, so social animals, live in large family groups. Um, you will yeah. drive yourself crazy trying to get rid of them. Well... I noticed the other day I was sitting in the living room while it was 101 degrees outside. Looked out the door and I seen one of those little bitty ground squirrels. He was just having a ball. He'd come across the the yard and went into the fountain and he was drinking water. Then he got through. I tapped on the window on the back door and he took off like a shot out of a gun. Oh yeah. And boy, I'm telling you, for some, something no bigger than they are, they can jump. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. they can they can skinny right up a wall. They look like a little little rat. 
Yep. But uh, they're kind of cute to watch. They're kind of cute to watch. But I do know from personal experience that they can take a lining off the top of an 06 Dodge, the uh, insulation off the hood on the inside of an 06 Dodge. Yeah. I had that actually caught the little booger sitting in there doing it. And yeah. I thought, and I thought they, like they only worked filled. at night. But I guess they're kind of like the catalytic converter thieves. They work day and night. Oh, oh, well, Uh, so you've got uh, you've got a plan on uh, what we're going to do to help keep the um, pack rats out of the cars, of course, Mm -hmm. and the pack rats around the house. Some of the things that we can do to help you out, uh, some of the things that well, preventive maintenance, preventive maintenance, what you've seen that actually works what you've seen it actually don't work. Some of the homegrown remedies, like putting the Irish spring soap inside the engine compartment, that actually makes you sick. <laughs> the little things, the little things. That's the reason doing pack right show is going to be super fun because there's a lot of remedies. Uh, I had a guy call in one time, and he said, well, what I do is I just go around each one of my tires and urinate. Oh, okay. And I'm going, well... <laughs> so it's one way. Yeah, that's one way. But I've heard of everything from coyotes to uh, everything, and you know, and talking to Chris years ago, he was telling me that he's actually opened up uh, pack rat nests that had a rattlesnake sitting right beside the pack rat, and both of them were alive. Oh yeah, we and see I that said, quite frequently. I I, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't understand that that theory you know you snakes are supposed to be good they're supposed don't kill the rattlesnake he he will eat rodents well if he's going to eat once every two weeks that's not enough he needs to be eating about once a day like everybody else has to yeah and then i would like that yeah we need a rat a night to go but yeah uh, adult diamondback will eat a, a rat and it'll sustain him for a couple months but yeah the uh great horned owl is the best predator we have I, I just need more really? rats to help me out. Yeah, they'll eat, you know, maybe two or three rats a night. Um, yeah, the snakes the snakes oh, are wow. great to have around. They they will help you, but uh, they can only eat so much. Wow. It's too bad we can't get more owls to I locate know. at our property. Yes. What what do we do to get what do we do to get more owls located at our property? How do we how do we manage that? <laughs> uh, stop <laughs> using poison. Uh, secondary poisoning has really taken a toll on the owl population. Um, it, it's really had a, a detrimental effect on uh, on the wildlife. Um, trapping is the best way, uh, safest way of getting rid of the uh, the pack rat population around the home. Uh-huh. Uh, stop killing snakes. Uh, you know, not everybody likes to find a diamondback outside their front door, but uh, if you leave it alone. Maybe call the fire department to have it relocated. That will help. But, uh, you know, you definitely keep the, the coach whips, the gopher snakes, king snakes around your property. They'll help you with the rats as well as the rattlesnake population. But um, you, you do want to try to have a, a natural balance in your yard, depending on the size of your property. More wildlife you have, more diversity. Um, it's just going to benefit you in the long run. Well, that's the reason I let the coyotes roam the property. Mm-hmm. 
it, you know, but uh, I've got dogs. And, of course, if you've got dogs, you've got to pay attention to the coyotes and stuff. Oh, but yeah. You deal with different animals, and we're about out of time. Andrew, how much time have I got left on this? Uh, you got a little over a minute, Jerry. A little over a minute. All right, we've got a little over a minute to talk. But what I want to get into, and I'll probably forget it between now and then, after all, it'll be about four minutes, um, <laughs> is, you know, what kind of, um, uh, about the other animals that we see here in Tucson, Arizona, you, you work out in the foothills, you work around the outside areas, mm-hmm. and we got, we got, about, we got less than a minute right now for the top of the hour, so we won't be able to get in it now. But I'd like to discuss some of the animals that we have roving around that are actually beneficial to taking care of the pack rats, uh, the ones we don't run off. The only one I'm having a problem with is that diamondback. Yeah. I don't – my theory on the diamondback, if you can go 330 feet – if you can go 330 feet across my property without me seeing you, you have a you have a chance. Uh-huh. I am absolutely scared to death because I don't hear as well as I did, and yeah. it's just dangerous. All right, we're at the top of the area, uh, okay. uh, top of the hour. Hang on, Eric, and we'll be right back after these messages, buddy. Don't You're listening live to the Simmons Car Care Show. 